Hi, I'm Natasha. And I'm Penny. And you're listening to The Wibs, the podcast for women in business. We're here with practical, real advice to help you get ahead at work. Without the BS. We'll be the work wives you've always wanted. Let's go. Hi, I'm Natasha. And I'm Penny. And welcome to The Wibs. Today, we are going to be interviewing a really special guest. Yeah. She is incredible. Yeah, she's <laughs> high energy. She's had a, She's a lot, lot of pre-workout. A lot of pre-workout. And I am only a little <laughs> bit afraid. Welcome everyone to the mic, Natasha Giannetti oh, again. It is me. Soon to be not Giannetti. I know, how weird. A bride in oh, our midst. I have so oh many questions God. to all the ladies out there that have changed their last name. Like, it's scary. Yeah. It's really scary. In my experience, you just change it on social media and write out. But don't worry, my darling, I will change it one day, one day, <laughs> one day. Um, so Natasha, today we are interviewing you, oh, me. my favourite person to chat to. <laughs> I feel like I know everything, but I feel like even I might learn something today about you that I don't you know. You never know. I might learn something about me. Yeah, so point. this is your challenge of the day. Tell me something I don't know already and, and that's educate. That's a really good question. What would be something that you don't know? Yeah, that's a great opener. Let's go with that. Do you know that I just skated my knee while shuffling at a park? I do know that. Oh, sugar. Okay, you know that. Tell us more stories. <laughs> Okay, I feel like I'm just going to end up out. You know about my monobrow since I was. I know that. Yeah, I yeah. too had one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Monobrow shuffling. I'm just going, you know, when you the party. Your greatest hits. You know, the, you know when you go to a party and you do two truths and a lie? I always bring those two up. They're, okay. they're my favourites. Um, and the other ones I can't really say on podcast. But um, I don't know. I think as we go, if I haven't answered that, if I haven't done one, I'll, I'll think of one. You can do two, yeah. two truths and a lie at yeah. the end of it. Okay. Absolutely. So. The last time we spoke about our journey and where we're at today, so I think the, the purpose of this and, you know, when we were talking about it in my episode last week, the thing that we really wanted to talk about is the journey and what's happened in the last year. So you, out of anyone I know, have had a huge year mm. for your professional career and it's it's had some amazing, incredible highs and some times of, in, like, you know, uncertainty. But tell us about what's been going on this year. Like how did you make the decision to get you to where you are today? Yeah, look, it um it's been a year and a, a year a really positive year. My my journey's been a big one. Um and I don't know if we want to go into, you know, how it all began, but I think, you know, I was a part of a business for 8 years that I absolutely loved. Mm. Um it was an incredible business. I was there from small to scale to bigger than scale. It was incredible, um, an incredible business to be a part of. And during that time, I started and sold my own business called Snacks with Buy. And that was during COVID. So as you can imagine, it was just an incredibly amazing period. Um, we then got approached to buy the business and they wanted to buy both businesses together. So they, they were um, purchasing the business and I, yeah, so I ended up selling Snacks with Bite mm. um, in that year. And that was really, really yeah. difficult. I was going to say, I feel like we talk about the Snacks with Bite journey a bit, but we don't talk about the fact that you sold it in that way. That was mm. significant. And, you know, that was your baby that you worked on. Yeah. How did you feel letting go of something that was such a big part of your identity in your life at that time? Horrible. Horrible. That was the first time my business partner and ex-boss at the time, um, he'd seen me cry. Because I'm like, oh, not that I'm – I can be like super emotional in the sense of when I watch The Lion King, I will be a bubble, um, for, yes. a puddle at the bottom of a hill. But – I, I professionally, I've never shed a tear. I've mm. never shed a tear in an office before. But I remember going into his office, like once it was all, and it was like I was so happy and I'm so grateful for everything. Like I couldn't be more grateful um, for how it was sold and how how well they looked after me and everything. It was an incredible um, way that it was all done. But it was also really sad because it was my baby and it was just something I was so proud of building. 
And um, I felt like we were just at the beginning. I felt like there was so much more to do. And, um, yeah, I just burst into tears. I was, like, trying to be all, like, professional. And I remember sitting there being like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. And then I was like, (laughs) it's okay. And then I just, like, burst into tears. And I just couldn't help it because I was just – I think we had been through so much um, through business and through growing the business and all the ups and downs that we experienced during COVID. And it just kind of felt like – um, yeah, it was a goodbye to that. Yeah, it was an end of an era. I really, mm. you know, I think seeing it as working with you, collaborate with you, and being your employee at the time, I think that it, it couldn't have helped to have been anything like that. When we were in COVID, when we were locked in together, our work was our everything, and mm. it was also our social life, and it was also our, our peace of mind and the place that you went to that felt safe in a time where communicating with other people was really rough. Mm. You know, it was a at least you felt like you had a network of people that really understood you. So I think that, you know, it makes sense that it felt like a loss in some ways. Absolutely. And, and I'm grateful. What I'm grateful for that business for is teaching me. I learned a lot about scaling people and systems through the main business, the main the main piece of income, which was that um, business that I worked at for eight years. I learned majority of everything I know about business through that, mm. um, through being the general manager there. But being a business owner and – having to scale a business during a pandemic where all of the offices are shut down and you really don't have an option. All of my target market was closed. So um, having to having to work out a different way, having to put myself out there, I was posting on LinkedIn every single day the yep. most embarrassing videos known to man. And they're not embarrassing but like you, you always were, find yeah. yourself cringe. Yeah. Like every single video was me talking about some – employee wellness or whatnot whatnot. I never sold in the videos but I was just consistently talking about COVID employee wellness what was happening any updates and every single day I was posting so it taught me if you want to do something for your business you've got to put yourself out there and just not care what anyone thinks and just have a crack yeah and it worked LinkedIn and cold outreach are the ways that we built that business and then when it sold moving now into the last year um so then I stayed at that uh, business for another two years with Penny and then, similar to Penny, I, I just made the decision to leave. And my reason for leaving um, was very similar to what you described in the last episode, uh, which was my my values just didn't feel right anymore. It just didn't feel – I just didn't feel right anymore. And mm. I, I felt so guilty when I left. Um, and the reason I felt guilty was because I love my team. My team is our everything. Like I lived and breathed my team. Like that was they, – they were everything to me. Um, but, but. I didn't feel like I was being a good leader anymore because I wasn't setting – I wasn't being true to myself. And I'd always spoken about leadership and how you have to be a good leader. And in order to be a good leader, you've got to set the standard. And I was really big on that. And when I was getting to work every day not proud of myself and the decisions I was making, I was like, well, then how can I expect myself to be a leader? I'm not being mm. a leader now because I'm telling my team it's okay to feel like that. Was there a moment for you when you're like, this is it, I'm going I'm going to resign? Because it's a big thing. Like, you mm. know, I felt that way when I was resigning after being there for nearly four years and you had been there for like coming up to a decade mm. almost. So what yeah. was that day like for yourself? It was when I was away. It was when I was on holiday mm. and I was dreading going back and I had this sick feeling in my stomach and I was like, what is this feeling? Like I don't feel that way. I love my job. I'm one of those people that I genuinely love working. I love my job. I I love it. I love being so immersed in marketing and leadership and people. It's it genuinely, if I didn't have a job, touch wood for whatever reason, I would I would drive myself absolutely up the wall because I genuinely love what I do. 
And the fact that I had that feeling on holiday, you know, mm. while we were in like we were in the sunshine drinking cocktails on a beach and I felt sick and I thought that's not right. This isn't mm. this isn't it. I've worked way too hard for this. What am what am I doing? Why am I why am I here? Um, and I kept making excuses. Oh, it's for the people. It's for the people. It's for the people. No, it wasn't for the people. It was because I was too scared. I was scared. I was terrified. I was terrified of leaving. I felt guilty. Um, and I just, yeah, I thought I was going to let everyone down. Yeah. And obviously you didn't. And we all backed you in that decision. Mm. But it was tough. And you know what? I think in some ways, you know, from my own experience, it was so hard to see one of the founders leave. That was really hard. But was a different kind of feeling of loss when you left because mm. it was you were such a presence in the business every single day as work as well as working on it you were in it mm. so frequently so you know That's I understand nice, thank you well it's true though and <laughs> yeah. it's and everyone like knew that about you and you had mm. such a force at work mm. and I think you were really always pushing people to be better so obviously the change for your entire team like it was felt and your absence was definitely felt you know subsequently like everybody else started to kind of drop off after that but what I will say is so you made this decision for yourself you decide that okay I'm moving on now what like what did what did day one of Tash in the new world look like yeah it was really scary because I had not similar to you I had nothing planned I I had a we just bought our house mm-hmm. um we just got it engaged we had a wedding a new mortgage interest rates like with everyone knows are going up things were just Financially, things were just happening left, right and centre and to be completely transparent, a general manager at a publicly listed business, I was doing quite well wage-wise. So to walk away from that was um, a huge decision and it was scary. It was terrifying. So day one I was like, okay, I've got to make this work. I have to make this work. Um, this isn't an option. I can't uh, – look, I can. do I start another e-commerce business? Do I start another X business? Do I do this? Do I do that? And to be honest, I didn't have it in me to to start another e-commerce business. It wasn't what drove me. And I left the business because I was feeling deflated and I wasn't feeling like myself. So I need to find myself again. So I thought, okay, well, what can, what, what do I have available to me? And it was my skill set. It was my experience. It's what I had done. So I thought, okay, let's go into, you know, marketing, consulting. And luckily I was able to get my first two clients um, through my network because being a part of entrepreneurship organisations and being a part of the the network for so many years, I was grateful to be around people. So after those first few clients, then you start getting a bit more confidence. You're like, okay, cool. Okay, I got this, I got this, I got this. We can keep going, we can keep going. I also started um, through that, just started to build up different services, get some contractors on board, um, kind of expand the different things that I'm doing so that it wasn't just me all the time either. I also started working with some of the founder students that will be listening today. Um, that was that was something that was another cup filler for me because I was able to speak to hungry, incredible, ambitious people day in, day out that any time that I might have felt a certain way or felt you know, any kind of where am I, speaking to people who were just so ambitious and so ready and so hungry was a really nice juxtaposition because when you're working in a service-based business, um, a lot of the times the business owners I'm dealing with are really busy and they're not really, um, they're just quite busy. They're just kind of like, oh, yeah, we want this, we want this, blah, blah, blah. It's not like that. But when you speak to people who are really hungry and they want to learn and they're like, they just want as much information as an education as possible. It really is like a, a fire that's lit underneath you. So I needed I needed my clients as much as they needed me at that point. And 
I look back in that time and it's only been like eight months, but I look back in that time and I just think like, oh my gosh, like it was, it was incredible because it also helped me realize what I knew as well. Like it helped me realize that I I, I did, I was able to help people as well because I'm, I'm a lot of things, but I'm not a salesperson. I'm definitely, there's one thing I'm not, I cannot sell myself to, so um, it was really nice to know that I actually was able to provide value. So tell me about an experience that you've been having over the last eight months because this is a big change to go from, mm. you know, being a general manager running this huge team to moving on to being that that kind of solo owner of your own self and kind of finding those contractors and those those students to work with, the collaborators. What has been the the most exciting thing that's happened to you in the last eight months that that has, you know, gone on? Um, I think I think some of the most exciting things some of the most exciting things was getting clients on my own. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's really lovely. Like it's also, uh, I, I, I'm so grateful for the network. I'm so grateful for anything that, any work that I've done with Founder. It's, it, it is amazing. However, to be able to just kind of back yourself and start doing some different things and getting some cold leads, yeah. for me, that was like, oh, okay, this can, this is it. This can work. And I, and I can kind of apply what I know to myself. Um, I, I've have learned as well, and this is probably the negative that comes with um, working by yourself, is that I am definitely a people person. Mm-hmm. And if I was to be running this business by myself and I wasn't in a client-facing role, I, I would uh, – I couldn't do it. I need people. I need people. I need to talk to people and I need to think – I need to be able to help or when I win, they win. Yeah, I understand that. I can definitely see that in you. But you know what's interesting about that is that you've kind of – built that around yourself you know mm. even from your the way you're working at the moment your co-working space yeah 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 I, I realized I needed it it was I was working from home and like as I said earlier in this conversation I actually genuinely love working like I I, I do I really love working I my mum always said something to me which is stuck in my mind forever and it was just like if you're spending eight hours a day doing something you've got to love it otherwise you know, th- there's no point. The money's not worth it. The money's not worth it. And mum would always say that to me. Um, and I, uh, growing up, I always heard that. And I was always like, okay, if you're going to do something for eight hours a day, absolutely, you want to get paid for it, but you want to like it. So for me, I would just sit there at home in my little corner, just working, 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 working. My partner would come back and it would be like Lord of the Rings Gollum in the corner. My hair would be like all frizzy and I'd just look up from this like light. I wouldn't have even turned the lights on. Like that's how like in depth I was working. And it was like, I'll I'll bring it back to COVID, right? Remember in pandemic where you just wouldn't move and you didn't know what the days were? That, That was me in my first few months of working. It was just... I, I don't I don't think it's a good uh, it's not healthy it's not good there was no boundaries set I was driving myself nuts I didn't have anyone mm. to share that with I didn't have Friday like when we would be working late nights back at our old job we would be like oh okay let's let's have a wine while we work yeah. or or Friday let's go for drinks to celebrate because we were we were in it together and sometimes at lunch and a lot of the times at lunch <laughs> but there was that camaraderie and you don't get that when you're by yourself so i was like i need to do something so i joined up at a co-working space that i am incredibly grateful for but you have the camaraderie also i think in yeah it's also do- opposite founder office it's, it's <laughs> a- <laughs> i was going to say like Surprise! what she fails to mention is now i we actually are opposite each other we actually Hello. probably go for coffee more now <laughs> yeah. than what we did when we worked together which yeah. is hilarious but i think that you know, that's a really interesting thing that you touched on and the, the life of, you know, a solo business owner or entrepreneur or contractor in that sense and, you know, that feeling of being able to kind of bake 
your routine back into mm. what you do each day because it's so funny. It's like being a kid unsupervised and, you know, you can eat whatever you want for dinner and all of a sudden you're eating like, you know, like lollies, you know, 24-7. And it's the same kind of mentality with how you set up your work and your day. Exactly if you right. you don't have boundaries for yourself, it can be really challenging. So can you tell me a little bit about how you kind of went about resetting that for yourself? Because I hope you don't feel that way anymore. Oh, it is. It, that was that was the hardest part because you're completely right. Like, okay, let's go for it. Um, this is probably something you, oh, you probably can guess. But I would set up my work. Like some of the times when I wasn't in meetings or calls or with clients – um, and I had that spare time, I would just sit on the couch and have Beverly Hills Housewives in the background while yeah. I'm working because I was a child who just was able to have sugar. That's what it was like. It was like, well, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. I'm my own boss. Do you think that's, like, that's not a good way to work with two ladies screaming at each other while you're trying to yeah. do presentations? Like, it used to be me screaming in the it, background, but now you have Gina instead. It was just yeah. wild. It was just wild. And that's how I would set up my office. And it just made no sense. It was not good. I would be stressed because like my partner always says, he's like, I don't know how you can have these things in the background because it's just people yelling at each other and screaming at each other. And he's like, that's what you put in the background to relax. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it soothes me. That's yeah. my soothing yeah. work music. Um, so I realised how much I needed to, uh, boundaries and set yeah. boundaries for myself. Um, even when I ran my own business, even when I was in my own business, even when I run the business as a general manager, I'd always set um, really strict boundaries for myself and for other people, but they'll usually based around other people and because my clients are global so I've got people in all different time zones it's it's a lot harder to set those uh time boundaries for yourself because some nights and I've chosen to I've, I can choose but I've chosen that I'm happy to stay up a bit later if that's if that's what it is so what I've done now is I will plan my weeks in advance so I plan I, that my calendar would might drive someone crazy but every hour is planned in that calendar from nine to five whether it's I need to go to the gym, whether it's I need to go for a walk, whether it's I need to do this. Like I will I will make sure – I only do week by week. So on the Sunday, I've got a little reminder, calendar reminder, Sunday reset. That's my prompt to go in, book in any of my gym classes, book in any um, social events mm. if I've got anything. Like if we've got a dinner, confirm them. If we've got a recording for the podcast, just make sure that I've got everything all locked in. And that has been the biggest game changer for me. Absolutely. I can see I can see that change even in you. Like obviously working so closely with you and seeing you all the time, having that structure back in your life and back in your day. Because I think people romanticize the idea mm. of freelance working, of working for yourself, of being your own boss. And the reality of it is, is that if you don't have something to hold you accountable. It's like I always think to myself, if I won the lottery, I still would work. Mm. Because I think you would actually lose a bit of yourself and a bit of your mind if you didn't have that that drive and that purpose each day. And, you know, on the flip side of things, I've seen people who have worked for themselves and it doesn't go well in terms yeah. of like their business might be flying, but they don't carve out and they don't take any of the opportunities that they would you would imagine someone working for themselves would do. They don't go to the gym. They don't look after themselves. They don't mm. feed themselves properly. They, you know, work all hours. They wake up in the morning. The first thing they do is check all of their emails. Like, mm. or, like it's just not a healthy way to live. So I think the way that you've been able to create those boundaries for yourself is a really great piece of advice for anyone looking to be able to take this journey and, and move on these steps. Yeah, I, I agree. And look, I, well, a non-negotiable for me with this business is lifestyle. Mm. and I've got it's a, that's a luxury by the way I'm, I'll be completely clear um it is a is a huge luxury that that is a non-negotiable for me because I understand it's not a it's not not everybody can do that and whatnot and um through the opportunities that I've created through businesses and, and whatnot I I said 
one thing I will not do with whatever I do next. And it's the same reason I didn't want to get into e-commerce again because I, kn- I know what is involved with an e-commerce product and I know it and I, I teach it and I live it every day through others. It is a all-consuming mm. um, role. Now, I'm not saying I'm, it's, it's never in the cards for me. I was going to say, like, what is next for you, Ms. Jean? I'm not saying it's not in the cards for me, but I did need that break and the lifestyle shift has been excellent. Yeah, because it's allowed you to re-set up some things for yourself mm. where getting out of a full-time job, you know, it's almost like shaking, shaking your old version of you off a little bit and, yeah. be, and becoming this new person that you were born to be and step into. But going back for a second, what is the biggest thing that you miss about full-time work? People, the people, hundred percent can answer that any day. It's just, yeah, I, I would, I would love even, even my co-working space now, I would say I have had more time with other people there than there by myself. So like when I, when I go to my co-working space, first things I'll do is message the girls. Hey girls, when are you coming for coffee? When are you going to have a thing? Whatever. Mm -hmm. So you girls will come around. Charlotte, um, our editor, I'll, I'll message her and be like, Hey, what days are you coming around? I've had my other best friend, Steph, work from there. I've had my partner work there, Alex, a few times. Like I, I love people. I I can work with someone next to me and while chatting. Um, yes. I should make friends there. Absolutely. And I'm that's you are, you're that, that's on my list. You're that is it. on my list. I will get there one day. But in the meantime, I will drag all my friends there <laughs> and work on there. Because I just I love I love people. I love talking to them. Um it's why I love working with clients. I love it. And and, and I'm incredibly picky with my clients. It's one thing I definitely learned. At the beginning I was like, I'll take anybody. Um and I realized real fast I, that's not my vibe. I, I'm incredibly picky and I just want good people. Cause I to your point you've said it before like good people you want them to succeed so i'll blood sweat and tears for them like i will literally think about their businesses consistently i can't help that it's Mm. it's who i am but i realized really fast you gotta you gotta be picky like with everyone yeah and that makes sense and i completely understand and i like that you've said that too because it means that you find people who are better allied to you yeah now i want to ask you one more question before we get into our final one I want you to tell me a little bit about Outperform at the moment, your amazing business that you're building. I, w- I want people to know more about what you do. We actually had an opportunity today to go through your services as a business today. And I think it would be great for you to share with the audience about how you've set this up and, and what you're being able to do and how you're able to transform businesses with the services you're providing. Yeah, well, okay. So Outperform Online is a marketing and automation business. So I don't like to refer to it as an agency because I don't think that's something that I ever want it to be. Um, I'm very clear on what I want it to be and it's results first. And I, um, it's, I'm a solo preneur, solo preneur, however you say that, but I, I work with contractors. I, I don't have a team. Um, I work with contractors. So, uh, our main, our main offering is consulting different to coaching. It's more hands-on work. Um, so it's consulting is our main service. And then we do offer audits and execution based roles. Now the audits in some cases I'll take them. Otherwise I get experts involved because, I have an incredible network of people that I tap into Mm. that is based on what the client needs. An example, I've got clients that say are in the US, for example. So I will tap into the US network and see if I've got an agency or if I've got, you know, an AI specialist that specializes in their role. I do the work. I make sure that I kind of set up their A team for them and I work with the contractors. So it's, it's a little bit different to your traditional ad agency. But that's why I like it. Yeah. And I think it means that you 
you still have a very heavy touch with all of your clients and expertise. Mm. And I think it was so impressive being able to look at it because it's a very different model to what you see a lot of the times with maybe more of a traditional agency. I've worked with a few of them now. I know you have too. And I think the thing I really liked about it is that you stay involved. Mm. But that's why that's why being selective with your clients is important as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And that, and then that's why I realised when I went through the services and what I want to do, I, I really wanted to do things that that I felt really confident in, in managing. The same way I was general manager for that business for so many years, I was able to select talent, really good talent, I'm looking at it now, but really strong talent and be able to get the most out of them to give my client or my boss at the time the best results. So I wanted to kind of duplicate that into into this um and that's that's what I've done and I and I love it because it's like I've been able to duplicate my role into something that I have control over um I'm still able to give results and yeah I I kind of just get to get to work with all different industries (laughs) I I don't work with one industry in particular or one area in particular and that's what I love it's like you're learning so much every day what works what doesn't work I get to test things out on my end I get to see it all it's really fun yeah and you should be so proud of yourself what you've been able to build and achieve in in only eight months which is crazy because it feels like it feels like it's been like so much (laughs) longer and more established than what it actually is and that you're doing an incredible job with it so you should be really proud of yourself because I'm very proud of you so my final question for you today and it's one that we like to end on with all of our guests is if you could give advice, and we'll tweak it up a little bit the same way we did for me, but if you could give advice to yourself a year ago, your fresh out of mm. out of um, the gifting company self onto your own business, fresh into WIBS, what would it be? Um, I don't know how to say this eloquently, but uh, not everyone's going to like you because I can be a real people pleaser sometimes um, or I can just turn either. either. <laughs> it's going to be true. <laughs> no, but in most cases I can be a real people pleaser and – um, I think what I realised was when you get into service, to my point earlier, there's going to be people that you vibe with, there's going to be people that mm. don't. You mentioned in your interview about um, a job interview that you went for and you they like were a bit on the fence about the, the podcast. It's interesting because I know that there are a lot of potential clients and potential um, students through Founder or wherever, wherever the, my clientele come from, they listen to this podcast, they see this podcast, it's everywhere. And I'm posting a lot more content because we're testing different things. That'll be in our next episode where we're trying to make ourselves go viral. Um, but we're well, testing out <laughs> now. We're testing out different types of videos to see what works and what doesn't work. Now that involves putting a lot of yourself out there, right? It puts a lot of yourself out there, and you're putting yourself out there for hate because you're being very opinionated, as we do here in our podcast day in day out. And I think at the beginning I was really nervous about putting myself out there even without perform even with putting like videos out there about perform I was just nervous people were going to be like oh what does she know or um, just not like me or not like who I am because I am a bit wild I am crazy I love going for a drink I love I'm loud I'm you know bright there's so much about me that a lot of people wouldn't like and that's okay I think what I would tell myself is it is okay not for everyone to like you they're not going to don't don't try and be what they'll like. Mm. No one wants that. Like be you and people who listen to this podcast and still want me to be their coach or their consultant or work with me as a client, amazing. They're my people. They're my sweet spot. They're the ones that I will nurture and we'll, we'll grow together. The ones that listen to these kind of things or see my TikTok and see me getting, you know, pissed on the weekend and having a drink and whatever and they go, oh, I don't like it. That's cool. That's okay. We're not each other's vibe. Mm. And what it forced me to do in this last year, I was like, 
you know what? I'm actually going to be so incredibly myself because the more myself I am, the more I attract these incredible people that I love. That I, I'm just creating this bubble of people that are just awesome, um, that we can all help each other and all be part of a bubble because we're all very similar. We've got the same values. We believe in the same things. Not everything, but it's a, no, it's a similar vibe. No, I really, I really love that. I think that's a great piece of advice and I think that it sort of speaks of, you know, you don't want to be able to kind of chase after people that don't want you. Hmm. Like that's, a, that's a desperate energy versus yeah. being so unashamedly yourself that people are drawn to you and that's meant to be who is with you in this ride here that's and it. in this business journey. So that's the thing and that's the way to put it. Be so just un, unashamedly, is that a word? Unashamedly. I'm making, it we'll roll with it. Um, making a t-shirt. Unashamedly yourself um, and if people don't like it, good. Yeah, good. That means it's they're not for you. Love it. Catcher. Well, Natasha, thank you so much. How do you feel being on the other side of the interview oh, chair okay. today? I can chat for days. You, to me, really. <laughs> I can chat to Kathy. I could chat to Give me a glass of wine and I'll be here for another four hours. Yeah, I was going to say. Like, fun fact, we did have a semi-podcast before we got here in the car on the way here. It's just our life is one big, long episode. Podcast. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a great. podcast. Yeah. Part of it. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate and subscribe and we shall see you next week. Bye. Bye.